So I have to say, I am super impressed on a breakout about procrastination, the fact that so many of you here were here early and in your seats. Like, good job. You guys are already working on it. Like, awesome. So, <laughs> uh, so my name is Mike Chartowich. I work on the, with Disciple Makers on the Susquehanna Valley team. And uh, I am married, and I have six kids. So uh, life has got a lot busier, and it made it a lot harder for me to procrastinate in my life. Um, kind of forced me <laughs> to get up in the morning. I used to always sleep in in college, and now I can't sleep in because we got kids. So it's good for me. It's good for me. Um, and I've worked at Bloomsburg University now for over, over 20 years as ministry. I went there as a student, and I studied philosophy and anthropology. Um, and so, but all that saying, I'm also a procrastinator. So I'm right where you guys are. If you're here, my guess is you have some kind of struggle or want to know how to grow in this area in your life. And so this is something that I've had to work on as well. So I'm speaking from experience here when I share the things I'm sharing with you. Um, but I've also seen God grow me and help me. And so hopefully some of the things I will share will going to help you as well. Um, now, I was a student at Bloomsburg, but actually right now I'm working on a master's degree online in Christian apologetics. And this summer I took a, uh, an Old Testament class. And in this class, I didn't, I did this, the professor didn't have the syllabus up where I could see it ahead of time. So I got the syllabus, and then I looked at it, and I'm thinking, there's no way she's going to make us. It's a seven-week summer class. There's no way she's going to make us read the whole Testament. Like, I was like, there's no way. Like, seven weeks, that's, like really, that's really almost impossible. And I look at the syllabus, and yes, she's going to make me read the whole Old Testament in seven weeks. And on top of that, a 770-page textbook that, goes with each, that corresponds with each book and there's, there's questions you have to answer that are like not just simple questions, but like research questions. You have like four research questions each week, plus like a 10-page paper at the end of that seven weeks. So the more I started looking at this, I'm like, oh my goodness. But I got the syllabus I, several weeks ahead of time. And I'm like, I should start reading. I should start reading. I, I need to get moving on this reading. But what happened? Right? I was so overwhelmed by it. You're here, you know, you're a procrastinator too. Uh, I just kept putting it off, and I realized that I was so overwhelmed by it. I'm like, how do I even, like, how am I going to get this all done with, like, my normal work responsibilities and family stuff? And we were going to go away for a week during that time on vacation. So I'm like, how am I going to get this all done? So I kept putting it off. I kept putting it off, even though I could have started earlier. I'm wondering if you've struggled in a similar way. And I can tell from some of the laughs, right, you understand. Um, you know, why do we keep waiting, and you keep waiting, and I do it, to the last minute, and then we kick ourselves for doing it again, right? And we just do it over and over again. And so what I want to do is um, just kind of help us think through this. And the main thing we're going to look at here is that since God warns us not to procrastinate, we should trust him as we seek to grow in diligence, all right? Because since God warns us not to procrastinate, we should trust him and seek to grow in diligence. And I know this is not easy for some of us, especially it can be really hard. So we're gonna think about this. And 
Um, as we look at this, we're gonna, you have your packet there. It has the points and outline there. Um, and just let you know so you can think ahead. At the end, I'm gonna do a Q&A time so we can talk about it and you guys can share some things or ask some questions. So be prepared for that when we get to the end. We're gonna do a Q&A. So think of some questions for the end. Um, don't wait till the end to think of the questions, okay? Do it, do it right away as you think them. Write them down. All right, so we're gonna look at four things here, I think, to help us as we work through this, this idea of procrastination. First, we're gonna look at the allure of procrastination. Um, what's, what, what's, how do we get tempted there? Like, what, how does it play, look, look in our lives, procrastination work? Um, we're gonna look at the consequences of procrastination. What are the things that happen in our life when we do procrastinate, right, that we run into, and the Bible even warns us about? Um, and third, we're gonna talk about the roots. How do we actually really dig down to find out what are the actual causes? Why do we do it? And then fourthly, the solutions to procrastination. We'll, we'll get a little bit more practical too, some practical solutions. We'll look at some heart solutions and some practical solutions, okay? So those are the things we're gonna cover. So let's look at that first one, the allure of procrastination. So uh, for most of us, who, right, if you're a procrastinator, usually you kind of have an understanding of how things should work, right? What the ideal is, right? So say you have a big paper due or project due. So you're thinking about your time, you got four weeks to get it done. So you think, how should it look like? How should I balance my time? So normally you, you would think, okay, you know what? What I should do is this, right? I got my four weeks on the bottom here and you got how many hours on the, on the left side there, left axis. Um, and you think, okay, you know, I should probably start getting working on it week one, um, then start putting a little more time into it, put a lot of time on week two, put a lot of time on week three. Um, then week four, like, you know, I'll just try to refine it and get it done. And then, then I can turn it in and it'll hopefully be a really good project or paper. Um, but if you're a procrastinator, what always happens? What always happens? You get to the end, right? And then bam. <laughs> You're like, you're like, uh, you keep waiting, you keep doing other things, and then uh, the last week, you're just, and maybe not even the last week, this could be the last day, the last night, all night, you're like cramming on this project, trying to get this paper done. Um, and I know for me, what happens is, is that in these other, the first weeks, right, I think about it. It's not like you don't think about it. You know it's coming often. Sometimes you totally forget and we'll talk about how to help you not forget later. But, but other things come up or you just, the project's really hard and you don't wanna think about it. So for me, you know, maybe you have your time waster. So for me, I'm like, well, let me just watch some YouTube, you know, when I have to start working on the project. And then I'm like, well, there's some more YouTube and some more, you know, and then I'm like, get into the last week. And then sadly, even the last week, <laughs> there's still more YouTube. You know, and other things, distractions, going out. I'm like, oh, I need to do some yard work now. Um, I need to do, like, there's all these other excuses, things I, I'll bring up. And the thing is, though, like, what's going on, right? Why, it doesn't happen all at once. It's a lot of little choices going, going each week that leads you to get to this crush at the end, right? There's something about the task, maybe, or something how you're thinking about your role in completing that task. Um, and you feel better at that moment that if I, the, the allure of procrastination is like, I'm gonna feel better if I make this different choice now. 
If I just distract myself or maybe even do another assignment that I don't really have to work on now, but I'm gonna work on that so that you feel better about yourself. You know, it's not just YouTube, you're actually doing some work. But the, the assignment you really need to work on, you know that's the one you're putting off. Um, and the question is, does this actually work out for us though? When we're kind of tempted away and we, we get distracted? Um, usually no. Right? The little things we believe along the way are lies that lead us astray. Um, and then what ends up happening is there's consequences to our procrastination. Right? It doesn't work because we see, we realize that this crush at the end never really works out the best. All right? so, so we're tempted and procrastination sort of lures us in and we don't really think about it, we don't really know why. And then we have consequences that come because of that. Right? So that's like our second point, right? We're, we're kind of lured in, but then there's consequences to that procrastination, which I think helps us all realize that it's not good, even though we keep doing it over and over again. So let's think about this. What about the consequences to procrastination? Well, one of them is pretty, comes up all the time, right? It's just emotional stress. So think about it. Um, how often, right, when you get to that last week and you're crushing, right, you're just totally stressed out, right? You're just totally stressed out. You feel frantic, you're running around. And what always happens, right? There's always, you're like, oh, well, I still might have time to get it done. And then something unexpected comes up. That even happened before the conference, like for me, right? A bunch of unexpected things happened that I had to do and I didn't have as much time to get ready. Right, and so you're just so stressed and you're like freaking out about it. Um, and that leads to feelings of guilt. So you're like, oh, like, why didn't I get this done sooner? I had more time to do it, right? So then you're kind of feeling guilty, like I did this again, which then leads to shame, right? You feel ashamed, you're like, man, I am such a foolish person, like I'm so messed up. Like I know I shouldn't do this, but I just did it again. Like why did I do this, right? And then you won't even ask for help. I like this quote, um, one of uh, the books I read. He says, then there's the shame for having waited so long, which makes the prospect of asking for help go from unpleasant to unthinkable, right? Because you're so ashamed and you're afraid somebody will say, well, why did you wait till now <laughs> to ask me? You, then you're, you can't ask for help, which makes it even worse, right? So you're getting, your, you have all this emotional stress that you're going through, emotional problems. And then also, then it leads to feeling just wasted potential. So I know maybe you guys have felt this. Um, I struggle with feeling like, oh man, this really wasn't my best work. If I had put more time into it ahead of time, I know I could have done a better job. Um, sometimes though, I use that as an excuse. I'm like, well, if, if I had put more time, it would have been really good, but you know, I just didn't have the time. But see, that's just a lie. You know, you usually had the time and you didn't, right? So you know it's not really, you're not really putting your best product forward to serve people, all right, or, or to get the grades that you need to get. Um, and then that just leads to regrets, right? Where you're just like, you're constantly regretting things. You're kind of like, oh man, like why did I do that? And I didn't do this well. And your life just becomes a, a cycle of regrets, where you're constantly regretting the things that you just didn't do, or you didn't do well, or you let people down, et cetera. Um, 
Now, this is important, uh, this, next, this next thing here. I need to introduce somebody to you. It's a bi biblical character. This represents it. Does anybody actually know what kind of slug this is? It's a, a call, they call it a banana slug. They're actually in the Pacific Northwest. They're huge. They can get to like this big. They're like gigantic. Um, and, but the Bible has a character called the sluggard in Proverbs. If you ever read through Proverbs, right, the sluggard, he's sort of like the lazy person who just doesn't get things done and kind of like waits around. Um, and, you know, if you ever watch a slug, right, <laughs> watching them is hard to watch because they move so slowly. They're just like barely crawling along the ground. And, but, so that's the idea. The sluggard is like that. They just barely move and they're just kind of crawling through life. Um, and so, the Bible talks a lot about this in the book of Proverbs with the slugger, the lazy person, right? What it shows is that there's actual tangible consequences. There's like real life things. It's not just your emotions that are, are struggling. It's actually real things in life start having, you having problems with them. Um, so Proverbs 24, uh, 20 verse 4, I should say, um, it says, The slugger does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. Right, so because in the autumn, when it seems like really far off, right, like, well, the harvest is not all the way going to be till next year. So he's like, you know what, I can just chill out. I can take some time off. He doesn't prepare the fields. So then when the harvest comes, the crop is not ready in time. And I've done this as a gardener. If you don't get your, your plants in soon enough, what happens is they don't mature when they need to mature, and then it can get too cold, and then it actually will stop growing, or a frost will kill them off before they actually produce the crop. And so that's what, so, it's, so the Bible is warning through this character of the sluggard, right? God is like saying, like, watch out. Like, you're going to have real consequences that are going to get worse and worse in your life as you keep doing this. Um, and what are some other ones of those? Well, one is just bad grades, and I'm sure some of you probably have had that, where you get a bad grade on a paper, or maybe even like it's, it's to the point where you're getting put on academic probation, or pretty, you're, you're on the close of like getting kicked out of your major, which is even more stressful, right? Where you're like, man, if I don't perform well, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get dropped from my major, because I can't keep my grades up. Um, another thing, too, is just broken commitments. I think one thing to consider is think about it, when you procrastinate, right, you often are making promises to people. I will do this for you, or I'm gonna be there to pick you up, or I'll do this and that. But if you procrastinate, and you end up procrastinating a lot of things, you end up not being able to get all the things done you need to get done, and so you have to break your word to people. And the Bible actually calls us to speak the truth to our neighbor, and to let your yes be yes and your no be no. Right? So if you're going to do something, follow through with it. But what happens with procrastinators, right, we end up breaking commitments with people. And that can be hurtful to others, too. Um, maybe you've had that experience. I know I've done that. Um, with my wife, like, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll take the kids out for you so you're not, you're not stressed. But see, if I don't get all my work done for ministry or other things, then I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And then she's stressed because she gets no break from our kids. And I'm like, man, that's not good. Right? I didn't keep my word to her. Um, and they can get even worse, right? You could lose a job or, or something worse can happen, right, in your life. Um, and maybe some of you experienced that. All right, and these are all like things where we know we want to avoid them, right? And we know God calls us to something different, right? So God, God's call, um, I think that verse is, this verse is on your outline there. In Ephesians 5, 15 through 16, it says, look carefully then how you walk, 
not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Right, so I think we want to realize that because the Bible warns us against this and calls us to live differently, we shouldn't treat procrastination like, ah, it's no big deal, or it's just my personality. You know, I'm always kind of late, ha, 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 it's just me. You know, that's not good. That's not good. It's actually a behavior that the Bible is saying, you should change. You should work on this. There's, there's better things for you. Your life actually will be, will be more encouraging as you pursue these things that God wants us to do, right? It's what God's calling us to do, um, right? Don't walk, right, as unwise, but wise, making the best use of our time. So how do we start to unravel this and, and figure this out, right? Because I think probably all of us would say, yeah, I, don't, I disagree, I think, or I agree, those things are bad. I don't want them in life, but I still see them, and I don't know what to do. Let's start to work towards a solution. This will lead us to our third point. Uh, the roots of procrastination. Um, first, we got to like dig down deep before we can start working on the practical things. The last point will be like the practical solutions. This will help give us more some of the, the spiritual things that are going on in us. I know this one, the first thing here, uh, like a spiritual side of it, is just the fear of failure. Um, I know for me, when I start to really think about myself, when I procrastinate, a fear of, fear of failure is a big one. Um, and it's funny, the, the Proverbs mentions this, too, with our, care, our friend, the sluggard. It says, the sluggard says, there's a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets. It's like, wait, what? What is he talking about? Well, back in ancient Israel, lions did, uh, did uh, they were populated in the Middle East. They're not anymore. Like, they've, they've been hunted out. They've gone extinct in those areas. So, you know, it's theoretically possible there's a lion outside. But often lions are not wandering around the streets of the city. You know, they're out in, in the countryside. They tend to avoid people. So it's probably pretty unlikely there's a lion outside, maybe. Right? But see, the sluggard, because of his fear, he's like, I can't act because of my fear. I can't leave my house. I can't do it. Right? I think that's the point of this proverb, right? It's like making an excuse kind of based in some kind of fear that's not realistic or even true, but we give into it, right? And we don't act and do what we're called to do, right? Now, he won't take action. Same thing is true for us, right? And sometimes the fear could be legitimate. There could be some things to be fearful of even, right? But this can be true for us, um, and we could be afraid of failing, right? And avoid put, doing the task that God has called us to do or what our responsibility is, right? So. We have the fear of failure, and this, this quote, I think, sums it up really well. He says, uh, to the procrastinator, starting a task always feels dangerous because it's the first moment you can be exposed as a hack or a fool. You can ponder, plan, and envision a task indefinitely while enjoying a certain sense of safety. But the moment of actually starting brings real-world dangers into the picture. Failure, ridicule, complications, and maybe the discovery of a new, deeper level to your ineptitude. Right. And I, I, I know that I, I tried to play baseball when I was young, and I was actually, if objectively if you looked, I actually did really well because I had never played before, but I made a few mistakes in one of the practices, and one of the coaches sort of yelled at me because I wasn't the right, wasn't backing up the right position. And I remember I just quit. 
was like, I, I, I wanted, when I look back, I wanted to go in there and be awesome right away. I didn't want to show any failure and make any mistakes, right? So there's certain things in life I just don't even try because I'm like, I might fail at them. I'm starting to see this more and more. I'm like, man, I don't, I have these dreams, but I don't do them because I'm worried about failing at them. Right. So fear of failure, another one, another issue that kind of comes up is just being overwhelmed. And this can often come from doing too much in your life. Um, right? You get so busy, you fill your life with so many things because you're, you're trying to get something. There's something you want from either relationships or some other task. You're trying to get something to make you feel better or fulfill you that you do so much that you can't possibly get everything done that you're supposed to get done. And you have to start asking, like, well, why am I grabbing at these things, right? You know, some of you are very relational people, so you don't use YouTube. You actually want to be out with people, so you're constantly hanging out with people because I don't know why, right? Sometimes you're like, I know I should go home, but I don't. You know, and maybe it's just you just want affirmation from people so bad that you, you just, it's like you're like a junkie. <laughs> I'm always hanging out, always hanging out because I want that fun. I want people to like me. I want to have fun with people, um, right? But we have to realize, like, sometimes we have to say no to things. We can't do everything, right? Or maybe it's just the newer difficult task, right? Uh, like I said, my uh, Old Testament assignment, like, it just felt so overwhelming, I just didn't even want to think about it, right? Um, Right, but another thing too, another root problem is sometimes some of us, we just don't like to work hard. Like just working hard, we just don't like it. So um, the, the, the sluggard is again, our favorite friend, says the desire of the sluggard kills him for his hands refuse to labor. Right, Proverbs 21, 25. So it's so interesting, right? The, the sluggard wants something, right? He has a desire, but he refuses to do the work that actually will fulfill it, right? And so some of us say it just, it's just hard to work hard and we just like to avoid it. Um, and we have to think through this and say, okay, what's going on? What's inside of me? Um, I, I think a couple key things are important here. One, to help us fight this, to start fighting these, these, these things inside us, these feelings inside of us, um, is we gotta remember Jesus. This is the key thing, right? It's, always the, it's like always the important thing to remember. But what about, particularly with procrastination, uh, why is it important to remember Jesus, right? That's, it's important to take the gospel and try to f uh, apply it to your specific issue or situation. Because you can just say, like, well, remember Jesus, and you're like, okay, well, how? What, how does it affect me? Well, think about it. Jesus paid for your failures, right? Jesus has already paid for your failures, right? That's why the cross exists, <laughs> It's because we can't do everything right. It's because we're going to fail, and we actually have failed already. It's like we, that's why we need forgiveness. Right? We have let people down. We haven't kept our word. Right? We've put off things we know God has called us to do. And so we need to remember the cross. When you feel yourself starting to procrastinate, and you need to ask yourself, like, why am I doing this right now? Why? I know I should get started, but I feel like something inside of me that's making me want to run away. Right? And if it's that feeling of failure, you're worried about something, you have to do a presentation or something intimidating, you can start to cycle back and say, what? what's going on inside of me? Like, 
how is Jesus, am I afraid of failing? Wait, Jesus already paid for my failures, right? In Ephesians 2, 8 and 10, 8 through 10, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God before, prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Right? So, right, we're saved not by anything we did, but what, by what Jesus did for us. Right? I mean, think about Jonah, right? He, didn't, he was doing the absolute wrong thing, and God still saved him. <laughs> so, right, we need to start to go back and be like, wait, if, I'm, if you're fearing failure of doing something, you have to start thinking about Christ. Christ already paid for my failures. And allow that to free you to say, I can do this and work on this, and if I fail at it, it's okay. It's okay. I don't have to be mastered by that. I don't have to keep avoiding starting this task or maybe like say having a hard conversation with somebody that you know you should talk to, right? But you're like, oh, the relationship might go bad. They might get angry at you, right? So you avoid it. But be like, well, God can help me even if that goes bad, even if I don't say the right thing and mess it up, right? So Jesus paid your, fail paid your failures. Another thing too is remember that God is your boss, I think this is helpful when, particularly when we're struggling just with laziness, you know, we just don't want to work hard. Um, Colossians 3, 22 through 24 says this, bond servants obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Right? So even people that are basically slaves, indentured servants, Paul is saying this to, that remember, yeah, they're going to ask you to do things you don't want to do. <laughs> right? And your professors are constantly asking you things. You're like, or assignments, you're like, oh, this has nothing even to do. It's not going to even really help me in my, my later right? But the thing is, you realize you're working for the Lord. You are working hard and doing, working diligent for him. And that's your identity. I actually read a paper, it's really technical in this psychology paper, but their, their thought, and they weren't Christians, their thought was that helping people overcome and motivate them to do something that's hard is, they said, identity. What your identity is makes a huge difference in what, what people do and how they act and when they act. Right? So what's our identity if you're a Christian? Right? It's like you know Jesus. You're like, okay, my identity is I'm working for God. He's my real boss. It's not just my professor who I don't want to do what they asked me to do right now. Or maybe your boss at work at your job. Right? And so reminding yourself of that when you're feeling that temptation to procrastinate, when you start to like drift. Right? So these are just a few things. There's others, but we could talk about. But I want to make sure I move to some end with some practical help for you guys. So you got to deal with the roots first. That's the key for the bigger picture. But there's also some solutions to procrastination, some practical ones that actually could be helpful that some of these have helped me too. Um, first is just determine priorities, right? What do, what are you called to do, right? So what are your unique priorities in your life? What responsibilities has God assigned to us? Um, I have a chart here. And 
Now, some of you might debate some of these, but I think they're fairly, I, I could probably like, look at the Bible and see most of these on each side. Um, on one side, I have like essential priorities. The Bible calls us, these things are pretty much essential. So Jesus and church, right? That's essential. We shouldn't be skipping those. So if you're, if you're staying all up, up, up all night on a Saturday night doing your paper and you skip church in the morning, it's like, well, you didn't manage your time right, right? Because that's a priority. Like, we should be getting to church in the morning and not missing it, right? So, like, school, school is, like, your job, your primary job, so we should be faithful to that. Like, family, friends, like, those things are all in the Bible. They're considered important. Um, your job could be important, where you need to make money to pay for school, right? So some of you, you have to put in those hours. Um, and then I put rest and exercise, too, because you even see that in the Bible. With the fourth commandment, God has everybody rest one day in seven, right? And just getting exercise, if your physical body is just falling apart, right, you're not going to do good work in anything, right? So a lot of those things you could say are essential, but these other things, some of these could be unessential. So, like, think about, like, social media, uh, all my YouTube watching, that's not essential. It, it can be a fun thing in, a, in good measure, but it's not essential. Uh, maybe clubs, other clubs, um, and sometimes even DCF too. Some things in DCF you might need to skip because you're like, I'm not going to get my assignments done. And I know that's hard because I usually never skip things for DCF, and then I would stay up all night working on my paper instead of missing stuff for DCF. What wasn't always a good choice. Um, right, sports, intramural sports, good restful thing possibly, but maybe they're not always necessary. Hobbies, um, even a romantic relationship. I know some people say, you know what, I just don't want to get in a romantic relationship because I cannot do school, work, and everything. You know, it's just I, I want to wait till after I get out of school. That, that could be a decision that maybe you say you have to make. Um, in a job, so I have a job on both sides. You're like, wait, which one is it? Some people, they work so much while they're in school, it's actually not helpful, especially if you don't really need the money. You have to say, am I putting in too many hours? Am I too, I'm almost fanatical about debt to the point that I'm actually hurting the rest of my life. So I think, you know, but again, like you have, you should, the key here is to think about these things and say what is important and what's not. Because unless you, unless, and so maybe some of these on this side, you're like, you know what, I need to cut something out on this side because I can't do these well, the things that are essential that God has called me to do. And this means you actually got to think about your life, reflect on it, and think about it. Because just remember, just because you're really busy, it doesn't mean you're productive. Um, busyness does not equal meaning you're productive. Because you can be busy about a lot of things and get nothing really done. That actually matters. Right? Um, what is, when we look at the Bible, the Bible defines it this way. And I think this is from Tim Challey's book. I, this should be on the book table. Um, this, it's a biblical guide to productivity, um, really short, easy to read. Um, and one thing he says here, he says, effectively, this is how he defines it, effectively stewarding my gifts, talents, time, energy, and enthusiasm for the good of others and the glory of God. Right? Effectively stewarding my gifts, talents, time, energy, and enthusiasm for the good of others and the glory of God. Right? So as he looked through the Bible, he's like, I think this is how the Bible portrays how we should think about our time and our work and, and our relationships and everything. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I got the right there. Tim Shalley's do more better. So that's, so being, thinking through that. The second thing that actually, that I found very helpful 
and practical is just get started, right? So if, you, if you're struggling doing something, right? Um, like for disciple makers, we have to do like yearly evaluations where we have to like evaluate ourselves. I hate doing them. So I, I just keep putting them off until like the last minute. Um, so one of the things I found helpful is I don't plan on doing the whole thing. I'm like, all right, just do the first step, Mike. Just do the first step. So what I do is I'll open the file up, you know, rename it, um, format it, and that's all I'll, I'll actually commit to doing. But what ends up happening is once I set it up, I start to think, oh yeah, I can answer this question. That's easy. So I just start to like type that one down. And then I'm like, oh, I could do this one too. And then I don't do the whole thing, but I actually start to get maybe one or two steps done. And it's so encouraging. So when I go back and have to do it again later, I've already got maybe 25% done. And as I find that super encouraging. This has been really helpful for me. And, and I would encourage you just just get started. If you have a paper or project, open the file up, like start setting it up. And if that's all you get done, that's fine, because that's at least you got five minutes of work done. And I, it'll encourage you the next time you come back to it. Uh, and now there's one advice some people say too, is uh, they say to eat the frog. Eat the frog first. Does it look, does it look like a happy frog? He's like really, uh, uh, I still would not want to eat him though. Um, but uh, so the frog is the really hard task, like the hardest task. So this one, one of these other books I read on procrastination, he says, if it is your job to eat a frog, it is best to eat it first thing in the morning. So in other words, right, what is he saying? Do the hardest thing first. If you can get that hardest thing done, then sometimes you're like, oh, man, I feel so much better. The other stuff's easy. It's all downhill from there, right? I did the hardest thing first. Um, so that's another. So, but whatever you do, I just get started. Just try to get started and just do a little bit. Work for 10 minutes. You'll be surprised how much sometimes your momentum just keeps going and you actually get more done. Um, thirdly, uh, another thing is create urgency. Create urgency. Um, oftentimes, you probably feel this way, right? And if you, don't, if you have a due date that's way out in the future, it's so hard to work on it. And you, you feel only motivated right when it gets, when it's due the next day and it's coming up really close. So that's when you actually start to work at it. And sometimes you get really focused and you work really well. But you're like, why can't I do this ahead of time? It's so hard. I don't even, it's, it's really hard for me to do that. Um, so one thing you can do is create intermediate deadlines. This actually can be helpful to, uh, and you might need accountability. You might need to ask somebody to help you. So uh, to my shame, I had all summer to work on my talks for the semester. And, and I wasn't prepared that that class was going to be so demanding the second half of the summer. So I didn't work on my talks very much the first half. So I didn't even get my first talk of the semester when everything is so crazy done. And I was so stressed that first week of classes, right? When everybody's coming, we're trying to do outreach. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, why did I not get this done? Like, I had all summer to do it. It's because I didn't do it the first half. I kept putting it off. And then I didn't have time to do it the second half of the summer. Right? So I realized, and I, you guys can ask me at the next conference, this, after the next fall conference if you're here. Like, uh, I realized I need to ask like, my teammates and say, hey, can you hold me accountable? I'm going to send you my first draft of my talk, like, in June, you know? <laughs> If I don't do that, I don't get it done. 
So you might want to consider that. Get help, right? Um, I'm going to skip over this. We can maybe come back to some of this in the Q&A. Um, and last thing is just use systems. And this is going to kill hard for some of you. Some of you just don't like structure at all. You like just to do and be very free-flowing. Um, but you got to set up some kind of systems, right? So there's three things. One is systems for tasks, right? So you need to have something that you can like, like post-it notes or maybe it's your app on your phone where you just write down things you need to get done. Because you know what happens. You always forget them. You're like, I'll remember that. And you don't, right? And you don't get them done. Um, so you have to have something for your tasks. You also have to have a system for dates. Um, so you need to have some kind of calendar. Something, so whether it's, you know, I started using Google Calendar. I never had a calendar for years and years and years. I don't know how long, I, even through my ministry, I did not start really using a calendar to maybe like seven or eight years ago when I really started to be faithful with Google Calendar. And it takes a while. You have to set the habit of as soon as somebody tells you, oh, let's meet and do this at five o'clock on this date, you actually have to get in that habit of pulling out your phone, going to the calendar. And it takes a while to develop that habit to do it and automatically put it in. But once you start to really work at that, you'll do it and just it'll become natural. You'll just get in that habit. And then you'll get those dates and you won't have that horrible feeling when at the last minute you realize you forgot to do something. Right? And you're like, oh, okay, I see that that's coming. And you can even set reminders right, for it to remind you ahead of time. And sometimes I have to set the reminder way ahead of time because I know I'll forget. The 10-minute reminder doesn't work, right? <laughs> um, so systems for dates. And then another thing, um, like Tim Challies in his book, Do More Better, he says like systems for information. Um, find ways to organize your life, right? So whether it's physical papers or it's programs or whatever it is, like it really will help you. Um, and like I said, we have these phones that you can use. Now don't go to YouTube, okay? Like <laughs> when you pull out your phone, you gotta discipline yourself, but you gotta like use your phone. Find uh, apps that will actually help you organize your, your life. And you get, it's hard, but you have to take that step to do it. Um, and God can help you grow in this. So let me just close with this story. There's uh, somebody that was um, in our church that I knew needed help. And I was kind of procrastinating calling or like contacting them. And I was like, I'm like, all right, Lord, I know this would help this person. And I just had to really fight the urge just to put it off or just let somebody else do it. And so what I did is I was like, all right, so I'm like, I've almost felt like, well, how should I come? I'm like, oh, just send an email to this person and ask them, do you want to talk? That's the first step, right? And then they said, yeah, that actually would be really helpful. I was like, oh, great. So then I said, okay, I need to like just pick a time. I'm like, okay, because you know sometimes you're like, oh yeah, we'll talk and it never happens. So I said, okay, I need to pick a time. I'm like, okay, we'll do it on this day at this time. And the person's like, okay, that works. I'm like, okay, great. And then we had this awesome conversation. I was really able to help them through a, a pretty difficult situation. Um, and God really used it. And I, if I don't think if God had helped me work on these things, I probably would have just let it go. I, wouldn't have, I would not have taken the opportunity. Um, so even though, we like, you know, brothers and sisters, if you struggle with this, like, God can help you to grow, and then you'll see the fruit of it. Then you start to see, wow, God is using me in ways he hasn't before as I take steps to have faith and trust in what he's given me and the task that he's given me to grow in these areas. So let me end there. And 
Let's take some questions. Uh, I'd love to hear, we have uh, about five or 10 minutes for questions. Um, what, anything you guys want to ask about this material, or even if it's not something I didn't cover, right? Um, now we're going to have mics, and you need to wait for the mic to come to you, so raise your hand. Somebody will come over to you with the mic. Uh, it's already on, so you don't need to turn it on. Um, that you need to use the mic because it's for amplification, but it's also for recording. So if you don't talk in the mic, they won't hear your, your question. So go ahead and just raise your hand, and then we'll, we'll take some questions. What is on your guys' mind? And it, also, too, if there's things that helped you, that have helped you, uh, we, everybody else could probably really benefit as well. Yeah, question up front here. Yeah, so my question was, because we were talking about priorities, and I just had a question about whenever, the, is there ever a point where essential priorities can become unessential, like if you start to overindulge in them or something yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, right? I mean, we're, we're so messed up as people, right? We can even take something that's really good and then turn it into a bad thing. Yeah, so like I said, if you know you should be working on your paper, but you're hanging out with your friends, which I think are an essential thing, other relationships, you start to go overboard with it. So yeah, I think even essential things can be. Probably Jesus is probably the only, <laughs> probably the only like, essential thing you can't overdo, you know? Like, um, but the other things you actually can, yeah. Um, family is so important, but you can actually overdo spending time with your, your nuclear family and then neglect the rest of the world out there. I've seen people do that too. Um, yeah, so they can. It's a good question. Other questions? Yeah, one over here and one in the back there. Um, from one of the causes of procrastination, like, uh, yes, when things are difficult, right? But what if something is really difficult and I really can't get through it? What can I do to prevent procrastinating? Yeah. Well, I think, I think one of the key things is asking for help. So, you know, some things maybe it's only you can do them and you really just got to work at it. But a lot of times you can get help. And maybe it's not even that the person helps you with the task, like they, maybe they can't, they don't know the subject or they can't actually help you or something. But sometimes just talking through your feelings and how you're feeling with somebody can really help. So there's sometimes, I cannot make a decision, I'm just indecisive. This is hard for us, right, people that are indecisive. You procrastinate more, because you're like, oh, I gotta try to find the best solution, I don't know what to choose. Uh, I'll just tell my wife, I'll just be, I kinda think I know what the right choice is, but I'm still not sure, so I'll just go talk it through with her. I'm like. I'm struggling with making this decision, I don't know, and I'll talk it through with her. And then just actually having somebody else to talk to helps overcome my feelings for some reason. I'm like, okay, I think now I know what I need to do. Um, so just getting help, so it could be practical help in the assignment or whatever the thing is, but also just emotional help, I think can help. Just telling somebody else, like unburdening yourself, saying I don't know what to do or I'm struggling with procrastinating, that can really help sometimes. Yeah, hopefully that's helpful. I'll hang around here a few minutes after too, so if, if, you're, if you don't feel like your question gets totally answered, I'll, I'll, we'd love to chat with you. Um, one in the back. So um, have you looked into like physiological reasons for why mm. this happens? Because, I don't know, I, I think of myself, I think, wow, how are other people able to do this so well and I struggle? Yeah. 
Um, I also know that one of the symptoms of ADHD is that you, you're not as in tune with consequences so that you don't see it. But on the flip side, you have the ability to hyper-focus. Yeah. And, that's, that's, and so then you start to cherish that time. Like, okay, right. I focus and I do really well and that's how I operate. But it's always yeah. at the last minute and it has some of those consequences that you're talking about. So I don't know if you have any more to, to say on that topic. Yeah, well, you know, people are different, right? So it's not all of our, we might not all struggle for the same reasons. Um, but I, I do, I was diagnosed with ADD and that makes it harder. And you're right, like, because sometimes when I'm hyper-focused, I feel like I'm so efficient. But when I actually try to sit down and work on it ahead of time, I, don't, I feel like I get nowhere. Like I'm just spinning my wheels. I'm like, why is this? So yeah, there are maybe things that you need to think about. Be like, okay, like is there, you know, there could be physiological things. Sometimes it's personality, you know. Um, some of us, we, boot, we don't boot up on getting things done. Like actually accomplishing the task doesn't make me feel better. Like I actually need to be excited about the task. Like some people I think they're just happy to check boxes off where, but if I'm not really excited about it, I don't care about it. So even when I get it done, I don't care. Like, it doesn't motivate me. So I realize I need to pick topics or things that I'm very excited about. Because otherwise, I just will be have a really hard time working on them. Um, so you just got to learn yourself. Yeah, they're, you know, everybody's different, but I think there are some things to consider there. Learning, basically, you want to, we talk about OIA Bible study, like observe, interpret, imply. You actually need to do that to yourself. Be like, why do I keep making these same decisions? When do I struggle and when do I do well, right? And then start to think, maybe I need to maximize those situations where I do well. Yeah, other questions? Uh, who's got the next? Mike are coming around. So this one right here, we'll do that one. They got a mic. Yeah, I was actually wondering if I could ask my question tomorrow. <laughs> no, just kidding, my real question uh, is. Very uh, good, I like it. <laughs> what's your favorite organizational system? Um. <laughs> uh, two, well, I, I feel like Google Calendar has been, it's one of the few organizational systems I've used, where I had to break down and realize I can't do this without organizing myself. And so that Google Calendar has really helped me. Another thing with, if you write papers, I use Zotero. I don't know if anybody uses it. It's, a, it's for research. It takes a little while. You have to like put the work in to get it set up, but basically you put all your books and notes and papers in, and it immediately will pull up the footnote, and then you just open up Word, and it'll place it right into your program, right into your paper, so you don't have to type out all the stuff yourself. Like That one has been super helpful. It organizes all my, my books and research and stuff. Um, yeah, those two I've really liked. You know, I, The thing is, it's hard for me to put in the time to set them up. You gotta realize, you gotta put the work in first to set them up and learn them. But once you do, it's so much better. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a couple, who's got the, who's got the mic on this side over here? Oh wait, Who, is this the next one? Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I'm losing track of the mics. <laughs> so mine's is like less of a question. It's more of something that's helped me yeah. um, in my personal journey. So one thing I've kind of thought about a lot in you know just trying to be more productive you know, stay on task of what I feel like God has for me. Um, I just, like, think how I'm, you know, distinctively me, you know, one of so many different people, um, a purpose so distinct to me, given straight from God. So it's like when I 
get kind of tired or I get, you know, fuzzy-minded, I start thinking of things that are not going to help me, I start thinking, you know, I have a true purpose greater than me, no matter how many people are, you know, look like me, sound like me, do the same things as me, my purpose is is distinctly distinctively different than anybody else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you remember that uh, Ephesians verse that he said here, let's see if I could pull it up here real quick. Um, right? Um, that last part says, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So it's like interesting. God has like prepared each one of you to serve him and to do works. And yeah, you're each unique and you each offer like a different gifting and skill and ability that other people can't offer. Right? So yeah. So realizing that that can be encouraging, right? Yeah, I might be pretty bad at some things. There's also things I'm really good at. And, and God has put you together for those. And so sometimes actually focusing on some of those strengths can actually encourage you because they're, they're easier to do and so you won't procrastinate them as much. But maybe you're just not maximizing the strengths that God has given you. So that actually can be one thing that can really be helpful. It'll, you'll be more motivated to do the things that you're good at and that you want to do. It doesn't mean you shouldn't grow in the things you're weak at, but doing the things you're strong at can be actually very encouraging and how God has made you uniquely. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe one or two more, and then we'll wrap up. And what else? Who else have got over on this side? Okay, so for me, I look at a big list of assignments, and time with God kind of just gets pushed to the back burner. Yeah. Because it doesn't have, like, a literal due date. Yeah. And so I'll do all the things with a due date, because I'm like, I can spend time with God, like, tonight or yes. tomorrow. So how would you recommend, like, prioritizing that over things with a deadline? Yeah, that's hard. Um Probably you just have to increase your vision of the value of it. And, and, and I think we have to see that all the other things we do, right, the one, they're meaningless without God. Like they're totally purposeless. And actually, we won't grow or get better at them if the, the, the heart is not changing. And like I said, you have to go back to the cross and Christ to see that's who I am. And that changes how I do everything. So I think as you start to get that vision more, you start to see it's essential. I know Martin Luther, the, the, the reformer, had a hilarious thing he said one time. He's like, I am so pressed, I am so busy today, that instead of spending one hour in the morning praying to God, I'm gonna play three hours. Right, now what is he saying? He's like, yeah, I, this is the priority, right? Like this, if I don't do this, everything else is like pointless. Um, so I think, and so if you have a system, you gotta schedule it you got to put it in your schedule. If you don't schedule it, you're not going to do it, you know, and you just got to make a priority. Last question. Any, any one more? Sorry, if you, if you have more, just come up and ask me afterwards. Go ahead. Um, so I just had the question that um, if you have to have a big talk with someone, what's a good starting point for that? Yeah. Not procrastinating on that. Yeah, um, that can be hard. I think first, just think through, think through what is God calling me to do and why does it matter? And also think through, how can this help? Because usually we think, like I said, the fear of failure. We're like, we, we imagine it's going to go terrible. They're going to blow up on me. They're not going to want to be my friend anymore. Like, so you're imagining all the worst things possible. And that's why we procrastinate. We, like, we, we're good at fantasizing all the bad things that are going to happen. So who would want to do it, right? If everything's going to fall apart, 
So you have to say, how is God going to use this? Right? How, what is the good that can come out of this? Um, and that person might respond poorly, but hey, you know, like God can actually really use it. And usually if you don't do anything, things don't get better, you know, or your relationship with that person drifts. So, yeah, I find that's helpful for me if you have to have a hard conversation. Um, and, you know, you don't want to, like, gossip, but if you have somebody who's also a trusted person, maybe you don't even need to say the name of the person, but you could just say, hey, can you help me? I'm Pray for me. I'm, I'm really having a hard time, you know, responding or actually talking to this person. I have, right now, I have, like, at least two conversations I need to have that I don't want to have. Like, <laughs> so I know what you're feeling right now. And I've, I know I need to do them pretty soon, too. I can't keep waiting. So, yeah, I can relate. Um, this has been great. Let me just close us in prayer, guys. And if you have any other questions, just come up and talk to me. Lord, we uh, thank you for um, this time. Thank you that everybody could be here. Uh, I pray if, like has happened to me in my life, um, that if anybody's here is really struggling with just constantly putting things off and, and just feeling miserable and constantly feeling these feelings of um, shame for not doing what you've called us to do, I just ask that you would free them in that. Um, I particularly ask if there's anybody here who's uh, putting off really knowing Jesus and having a relationship with him, Lord, I pray that they wouldn't wait for that, but that they would use this weekend to take that first step, to just get started, <laughs> like I said. And Lord, but help us all to grow in this so that we can love and serve you and love and serve other people better, um, Lord, and that we would see that you've freed us all. Um, you, we've, you've already paid for all of our foolishness. And Lord, help us tend to move forward with, with the gospel, with hope that, that you can change us and that we can grow in this. Um, and so, Lord, I pray for these, this for everyone here. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.